What's up, bloggy friends? Famous Ashley Grant here, and I'm so excited to bring you today's interview with Kathy Dean of Healthy Ambitions. Hello. <laughs> um, to get started, she's going to tell you a little bit about what her blog is and what she does. So, Kathy, take it away. Uh, thanks so much, Ashley, for having me on the show. Uh, like she said, my name is Kathy Dean. I have a health and wellness blog called Healthy Ambitions that uh, focuses on the keto diet. Most of what I have on the website are yummy keto recipes showing people just how fun and comforting keto food can actually be. And they also just have some informational and educational videos. I also have some educational and informational articles on the website as well. So, Keto food blog. That is, you know, they say riches are in the niches, and that is definitely a very niche blog. So I want to know, what was it that led you to starting Healthy Ambitions? Well, actually, I started the keto diet um, a good year before I looked into blogging. Um, and I kind of I kind of fell into it. It's not something I initially was seeking to do. Um, but I would make all these keto recipes for our, fr- for our friends when they would come over. And so many of them would say that I need to either, you know, do a cookbook or do cooking classes for friends um, or open up a bakery. And all that seemed like a lot of work to have to open up a bakery or <laughs> doing cooking shows for friends. Um, but then I, I was just online and I came across people talking about blogging, um, blogging for money. And of course, you know, I obviously, as a Someone who was passionate about the keto diet, I was already following other keto food bloggers too. So in researching this, I thought this might be a great avenue for me to be able to share the recipes with everybody and make a little bit of money at it too. You know, Kathy, that's really interesting what led you to starting your own blog. I'm curious, do you believe that the riches are in the niches for bloggers? Oh, goodness, absolutely. Um, in fact, I, I, I talk to other bloggers quite often just being in the you know, the blogging community. And, uh, and one thing I always tell people, cause I, I connect with a lot of other food bloggers and a lot of them just want, a lot of them want to just write all the recipes they love to write about. In fact, there, there's one food blogger that I'm kind of mentoring. He's a baby blogger and they, they have a very niche site as far as the name goes. But then I found recipes on their website that were completely different from kind of the initial message. And his response was, well, my wife really wanted to put this recipe on the website. <laughs> Um, but one thing that I've noticed today in today's world is everyone's on a specialty diet. And so when they are searching for recipes, they're searching for keto or vegan or paleo or Whole30. You know, they're looking for very specific recipes or they may be looking for just desserts or just that. And so they're going to look for those bloggers that specialize in that diet that they are looking at. And so that's you know, I think that the days of just general blogging are really over. People are looking for the people that are specializing within the niche in a very you know specific part of that niche. So would you say that the age of the lifestyle blogger is dead or would you say that it kind of depends on what your current following is? I think it definitely depends on the following. I think to be a lifestyle blogger today, even to start out as one, I think you have to have a very dynamic personality. Like the average person is, I don't feel, will make it as a lifestyle blogger. Um, if, if somebody already has a huge following on Instagram or whatever other social platform, 
they might be able to get away with it, that they already have an audience that looks to them. But I think for basically a nobody starting out, I think trying to do just a general lifestyle blog, people are not going to have a reason to go to their website. Because again, they're going to be looking for somebody who specializes in what they're looking for. You know, I definitely agree with that. And it's kind of funny because, you know, you see all these celebrities that are starting these lifestyle blogs. You know, you've got your Gwyneth Paltrow, even Kim Kardashian had a blog and Holly Madison of former Girls Next Door fame. She's she's got a, a blog as well. And it's it's really fascinating to me that the people who are trying to actually make big money, they are not having the success that they're looking for because they're expecting to be like a reality TV star when they're just the average Joe down the street. Oh, yeah, I I completely agree. You know, the the Gwyneth Paltrow's and the Kardashians, they already have a public face. Like, people already know who their name is. Me, Kathy Dean, nobody knows who I am. You know, they're not going to go online and Google Kathy Dean in the news or what's Kathy wearing today. Nobody's going to do that. They will. They want to go see what the Kardashians are wearing. They want to see what Gwyneth Paltrow is eating or selling or what products that she's promoting because she's a celebrity. You know, so that's, you know, again, even though they may not have blogged before, they already have a built-in audience as celebrities. And it's just not fair. It's not. It's totally not fair. It's much harder for us little people to <laughs> to get our name out there. So I am kind of curious. It is it is quite a niche, a, a super niche, if you will, that you're doing keto specific recipes. So if you had to do it over, what if anything would you do differently? Um, I think differently, definitely not not the super niche within the food niche. I'm very satisfied with doing that. Um, where what I tend to do though, I tend to get very distracted <laughs> by different products and different services that I want to try out or different courses. And so I think to do it differently, I, I heavily believe in investing in the business. If you're going to have a blogging business, you need to invest in the right courses and the right tools, but it needs to be at the right time. Um, it's, it's very easy to see some of these blogger bundles for $37, but, and I can tell you, you're going to waste $37 most of the time because you'll file, file it away and never get back to it because it's too much content to consume at once. Um, so to do it over again, I think I would basically slow my roll and buy fewer things until I succeed and finish implementing the strategies I've currently learned. That's a fair point. Um, I do have to say I kind of disagree about not buying the bundles because <laughs> I uh, I personally have subscribed to a few bundles. And the reason I did that is there was like a Pinterest course or something that I was already considering. And if it was in a bundle, I'd go ahead and grab it just so that I could have it. But I do agree with you that if you go into a bundle like that and you don't at least have a plan, then you can get completely overwhelmed and then you get stuck in your shiny object syndrome. And while you're while you're sitting there going through all these these things, you're like, wow, this is way too overwhelming. Let me just go back to my day job and suck it up. So if if someone's looking to actually make this into a business, I definitely agree. Slow your roll. That's kind of why um, one of the bloggers that um, you and I follow together, actually, is uh, Alex and Lauren of Create and Go. And one of my favorite pieces of advice that they have is regarding social media is they say, don't be on every single platform. They say, start with one and get good at it and then move on. What do you say to that? And it's very interesting that you ask that because I think they may be the first people that I've heard give that advice. You know, you got the Gary Vanderchucks of the world that say, put yourself out there everywhere. Um, and 
I have a hard time not trying to be everywhere, but the the advice is actually very solid. You know, especially for for my niche being the food niche, Pinterest is where it's at. It it just is. Pinterest drives 75% of all the traffic to my website. You know, I I have a Facebook account, I have Instagram. I get one or two clicks from those platforms in a single day versus hundreds from Pinterest. So as far as the return on my time, a return on my time investment, it doesn't even make sense to focus on these platforms that are not getting the click-throughs to my blog. My focus needs to be on the platform that is going to return the clicks to my website. Now, Pinterest may not be it for every niche. That is very good for my niche. Other niches may do better on Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, so it's really, you, you've got to figure out where the bulk of your audience is and focus on that platform. Okay, so in speaking about social media, I'm, I'm going to hold. I'm, I'm going to bring something up that wasn't in our initial questions list. I, I have to ask you. I know one social media you're on is TikTok. <laughs> I'm kind of curious how that played out. How did you end up on TikTok, and are you seeing any traction in terms of engagement on your blog? Okay, so. <laughs> Uh, you surprised me with this one. That's funny. Um, you know, when t- I first heard about TikTok, I think I kind of had the same attitude as most people my age, and the, especially the Gen X crowd, um, that it was just for teenagers. It was dumb. There's no point in having it for business. Um, and so I kind of just ignored it. And then to bring Gary Vanderchuk's name up again, I was watching one of his YouTube videos, and he actually said, if you're if you have an online business and you're not on TikTok, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I thought, well, <laughs> that seems pretty bold. But one part of his point in all that is TikTok was so new and it was growing beyond the teen scene into the millennials and into the Gen Xers. And especially when COVID hit, everybody kind of flocked to TikTok, I think out of sheer boredom. Um and as a result, it was actually a very easy platform to grow on. And it is my biggest following. I have, I think, 68,000 followers on TikTok. It's ridiculous. Um, and I have actually had videos go viral. Like I had my chocolate ice cream video go viral. And just like Instagram, you have a link in bio. And so I can have a video and basically call to action at the end of my video, tell my viewers to go click the link in bio to go find the recipe. Um, and so I have actually, I've had better luck driving traffic to my website through TikTok than I have Instagram. Um, so it was really, it was not something I planned on doing, but I jumped in it and it's such a fun platform and it's so different from other platforms because there's no expectation to actually be good. Like (laughs) you can just be dumb and goofy and build a following and, and and people like it. And so it's it's actually I've I've drawn I've driven people to recipes. I've also gotten a lot of signups to my email list through TikTok. People wanting to know more about keto. Now, it's interesting you say um what you said about Gary Vaynerchuk and how if you if you weren't on it, you're an idiot. The reason I say that it's interesting is because it seems like lately new platforms are coming out like, you know, Clubhouse and, and, and well, now we have TikTok and we have all these new things. And it kind of feels like for a new blogger who's trying to figure out where in the world they should focus, it's starting to become a, well, where should I focus? Because if I am new and I want to get in on something new, well, shouldn't I jump on that train too? What do you think? 
it, it can be very difficult and very overwhelming because, again, you don't want to spend your time that's not going to be um, lucrative for your business. That's not going to benefit your business. You know, and again, there there's a ton of stuff coming out. I, I actually have, I am on Clubhouse. I finally got my Clubhouse invite. I would be if they weren't freaking, you know, iPhone only people. They are exclusive to iPhone. I'm sure they'll release it to you Android users at some point too. Maybe not. But I did find very quickly, as fascinating as Clubhouse is, there wasn't going to be a lot of um, driving traffic back to my website for me. So I think you just got to kind of gauge it pretty quickly on, I think you can figure it out within a couple of weeks. Is this going to be a beneficial platform or not? I'll still check in with Clubhouse every now and then. But the other thing, I think part of the other reason I kind of latched onto TikTok though, even though I was, I don't, I really try not to spread myself too thin on social media is I also have a YouTube channel and YouTube can be very, um, very overwhelming because there's so much that goes into it between shooting the video and editing and adding music and B-roll and all kinds of crazy stuff. I, th- I felt like TikTok give, gave me, and I tell new bloggers or people looking at YouTube all the time, use TikTok as your, a way to get used to being on camera. So there's a, there's a benefit for TikTok or that kind of platform that goes beyond driving traffic. There's also the practicing your skill, practicing being on camera and, and getting over being camera shy. There's, there's things I've done on TikTok that two years ago, I would have been like, there's no way I would ever put myself on camera and do this. But yeah, there's so many out there and I have been invited to other platforms. There's um, Clapper that I checked out. I, I, I very quickly decided I hated that platform. There was, I think when TikTok was, there was a threat of TikTok being banned in America. People were jumping over to a platform called Triller. And there was a couple of others, but again, I, I checked them out just to see. And none of them kind of gave me the, the vibe that it was going to be worth my while. So I think you really check them out, but then kind of go with your gut too. And also, what is everyone else in the industry doing? Like there's a ton of different social medias coming out, but where are the big people in your niche hanging out? Are they actually going out to all these platforms and really growing an audience? Or are they still sticking to just a few main ones? That's some really solid advice. And one thing that I have said before, I'm pretty sure I've said it on this podcast and I've said it in articles that I've written. Even if you're not going to get on all of the social media platforms, I highly recommend that you at least get an account on each of them so that you can secure your handles and don't make the mistake I did. I'm known on the interwebs as Famous Ashley Grant, but I could only get Famous Ashley Grant on a couple of the um, the platforms that are out there. And the thing that sucks about that is sometimes I'll actually get emails from people asking if it's me when they're trying to find out you know, who it is they're trying to follow. So if you're going to grab your handle, make sure that you are doing one very important thing, and that is to at least post at least once a week or at the very, very bare minimum um, once every other week. And the reason you want to do that is Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, they all have policies within their terms and conditions that says if you are a squatter, which basically means that you are hanging on to a handle but not using it, they will actually remove you from the platform. So make sure you get your handles and at least take advantage of the link in bio. That way you can at least drive traffic and start building your domain authority, but make sure that you are at least posting once in a while, even if it's just a photo that you don't really care about or a tweet or something, anything that you're not really trying to drive traffic, 
you just need to make sure that you're keeping it active so you don't lose it. It's kind of a use it or lose it situation. Hey, bloggy friends, just wanted to chime in here real quick and let you know that if you need content for your business blog, I can help you out. Go to hirearitertoday.com and we can talk about everything you need to know for putting content on your business blog or your hobby blog, whichever it is that you are starting. I want to help you give a voice to your website. And now back to the show. So I think we've covered a lot of really awesome stuff so far, but I'm curious, Kathy, what advice would you give to brand new baby bloggers? I I think the first piece of advice is no matter what people tell you on YouTube, the people that are out there driving the Lamborghinis, promising get you can get rich making money online, there's it's a lot of work. It is you are do not expect results in a month. Don't expect to explode and go viral your first month, even your even your first six months. One thing I have learned again, just networking within the blogging community, the majority of bloggers who have made this into a full time income. It took them three to five years, not three to five months. They weren't making six figures in the first year. There are a few of those outliers out there, but they are few and far between. Most people never succeed at blogging because they become impatient and they give up before they've ever given themselves a chance to actually succeed. You've got to be in it for the long haul. You've got to be in it for years, not months. And again, You've got to invest in the right tools. Don't try to do everything for free until you're making money. There is a whole adage, you know, you got to make money. You got to spend money to make money. And there's some truth in that because if you aren't starting with the right tools, you're just going to make it that much harder on yourself. That doesn't mean go and spend thousands upon thousands of dollars at the beginning, but you pay for hosting. Don't try to go to WordPress.com for free or Blogger, you know, pay for the hosting pay for your domain, and then start investing in the tools at the right time. And again, you've got to be patient. You know, so many times I'll have newbie bloggers, they're like, I've been blogging for six weeks and I'm just not getting any traffic. (laughs) I hear this all the time. And they're like, you know, I'm on Pinterest. And one just the other day, I said, well, let me see your Pinterest account. They had created a total of 17 pins. 17. And I'm like, sweetie, I've got thousands of pins that I have personally created over the past couple of years. You are just not going to go anywhere just yet. It's been a few weeks, 17 pins, keep creating. So what's interesting about what you're saying is I have actually known bloggers who have put their whole heart and soul into it. They've spent 40 plus hours a week trying to build up a following and they still fail. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed with the people that are doing things like this is they're writing all over the map. It, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning is the riches are in the niches. And what's funny is my own personal blog, the famous Ashley Grant blog, it is very much a I just write whatever I want to. And I use it not so much to be a money making blog as much as I use it for a, like a portfolio. Now I am doing some testing on on my own websites that people don't actually know that are me that I own um, just to kind of put the the proof in the pudding, if you will. Um, and I have been working with a lot of ghost blogging clients that are having the same things where they're very niche. And so they're getting massive page views, they're getting massive traction. And as they start getting the traction, it doesn't take them as much time. So one particular um, client of mine, they're, they're in the podcast space, and they're starting to get really good um, 
page views on things about podcasting. Now, that didn't happen overnight, and it certainly wasn't fast. Like, it, it took a long time. They had a lot of really good, solid pieces, but they did the keyword research, and they stayed in their niche. They stayed in their lane. And so I'm kind of curious, what would you say to the person who hasn't quite figured out what their niche is, and they're just kind of playing around at this point, but still hoping, oh, something's going to go viral? And for the most part, I think I'm not. I think the days of going viral is they're they're not what they used to be. They're just not what they used to be. It's not impossible, but um, it's much more difficult to go viral these days. You know, for the people that are trying to figure out what they want to do, a lot of times they at least have a general idea. You know, they're they they want a family blog. You know, but do they do they write about marriage or parenting? And what I tell them is at least have a broad topic. And you can have a few categories underneath that broad topic. But then as you see what articles are actually getting the engagement, what articles are actually getting the page views, you need to pivot and niche down with the stuff that people are interested in. I think too often, sometimes people are like, well, but I want to write about this because it's what I want to write about, you know. And you've got to be very careful about that because, if this is going to be a business, you need to think about serving your customer, which is your reader. I understand the the wanting to serve your customer, but at the same time, what about can't I just follow my passion? I think it comes down to what your goal is. You know, if you if your if your goal is to make money, then your your passion can be great, but does your passion going to make money? Or is your passion going to make money? And there's a good way to find a good way to find out. And again, what I tell people is go check out other blogs within that niche that you're passionate about. Research how are they monetizing? Is this actually an idea that can be monetized? And if it's your passion and it can be monetized, I say go for it. But if you have a passion, I know a lot of people, they like, I just want to do book reviews. And I'm like, that's cool. But you know, you might be able to get some affiliate income, you know, by recommending books. You might be able to get some ad revenue, but to make any money in ad revenue, you need a large amount of traffic coming into your website. I don't know personally that having just a book review website is going to be very lucrative as a full-time income. And so you've got to be able to balance, you know, the topic that you want to talk about with having a business. And again, it's about where your goals are. Is it more important to be passionate about it or is it more important to grow a business? One of my favorite bloggers is Natalie Sisson. She's uh, formerly known as the Suitcase Entrepreneur and now she just is on NatalieSisson.com. And one of the things that she talks about a lot is finding the sweet spot. And I've heard it referred to different ways. Um, I've heard it as the triangle of um, you're looking for what you can do, what people will pay you for, and what you enjoy. And to find that sweet spot in all three of those is sometimes very difficult, but that's why you shouldn't just expect that if you do start a website that it's going to immediately just take off. Um, and what's interesting is, you know, healthy ambitions, there's no, there's no thing, there's nothing in the, the, the domain name that says keto. And so I, I'm kind of curious if when you started it, were you thinking immediately it was definitely going to be keto or, did you have something else in mind when you first began? So I'm actually, I'm glad you asked that because I intentionally did not have keto in the name. Even though I knew starting out it was going to be keto, I didn't want the name to be held down to that word. And here's why. 
When we started as a family, our healthy journey, which was many, many years before we found keto, we went through several different ways of eating. Uh, We started out just clean eating. Then we've tried different things like the Daniel Plan or Paleo. We even went vegan for six months. Um, But you like bacon. (laughs) But I really love bacon. And and quick, quick funny story. So my husband uh, has always had really bad cholesterol. And so I did a lot of research. And I thought the vegan diet was going to, like, cure him. Like, I'm like, I've got this. I'm going to fix you. You're going to be so healthy because we're going to go vegan and your numbers are going to drop to perfect numbers. Um, And then six months later, we found out that the vegan diet was awful for him because it wasn't so much the fat in his diet that was raising his cholesterol. It was how his body was reacting to carbs and the glucose and insulin spikes as a result. So after vegan failed miserably for us, I researched again and then I... I discovered keto and started researching the science behind keto. And so I presented it to my husband. I'm like, next, we're going to swing the opposite way. We're going to go all the way from vegan to keto, which is a pretty wide swing if you've done both diets. Uh, So it was kind of funny. But back to the reason, and, and keto has worked wonderful. He's at his lowest weight since he was in boot camp. And his numbers are the best they've ever been. He's about to turn 50, and his blood results are better than they've ever been in his life. But I can't say for sure that 5, 10 years down the road that keto is going to continue to be as effective for us as it is now. And so knowing that we have gone through different ways of eating over the course of a decade, if we decided to pivot our diet away from keto... I didn't want to affect the brand of the website Mm. and have to pivot the entire domain or start from scratch. So healthy ambitions, it it really means that we truly are, our, our ambition is to be healthy and we are on a healthy journey. And I firmly believe that you should never stop learning about health. And the more we learn, sometimes we do pivot in our habits and how we eat. And I wanted the website to be able to move with us in that case. Getting back to something that we kind of touched on earlier. um, Can people still start profitable blogs? I mean, unfortunately, one of the biggest things I hear online is, oh, well, the only people who can make money blogging are those who blog about blogging. What do you say to that? I really hate it when I hear people say that. Now, the, the making money online niche, teaching others how to blog can be absolutely very lucrative. And kudos to the people that do that. However, me personally, as a consumer, I don't want you teaching me how to blog unless you have already proven you can do it in a totally different niche. The courses that I chose when I first started blogging, uh, which are the Create and Go courses that Alex Nardi and Lauren McManus put out, they only launched these courses after they had grown their health and wellness blog to six figures. So the proof was in the pudding. They already proved they could do it, and now they're going to teach others. Um, I see a lot of people trying to jump into that space, and they've never succeeded at blogging. So can other niches, though, be successful? Absolutely. The vast majority of people online that are Google searching stuff, they are not Google searching how to make money online. They are looking how to do exercise. They're looking for recipes. They're wondering where they should go in Italy for their next vacation. You know, the vast majority of people are not looking in that niche. And so there's just, I think to, 
while that is very lucrative to say that is the only money-making niche i think is very narrow-minded because most people are not google searching that in fact if you actually look at traffic to those websites while they make a lot of money they are not getting a hundred thousand page views a month they just happen to have a high dollar product that makes them money but they're really getting closer to 30 40,000 page views a month where food bloggers the niche that i'm in it is not uncommon to get millions of page, page views a month for your larger food blog. So a food blog can get millions of page views. That sounds really good to the person who's listening to this. But here's the real question. Are you at a million page views a month? And if not, what are your goals for the future? And if the goal is millions of page views, how do you intend to get there? Oh, goodness, though. I'm definitely not in the uh, million page view rank yet. I Right now, I'm hovering at around 38,000 page views a month. Uh, very excited about that. I, I'm two years into blogging. So the fact that I have reached the milestone that I am at, I am beyond pleased. My next goal is 100,000 page views. I hope to be to a million page views in the future, but I got to look at the next milestone. And for me, the next milestone is 100,000. Once I reach that, then it's going to be that 500,000 mark. And then only after that, I'll be eyeballing that 1 million page views a month. And, you know, projecting right now, just kind of looking how my traffic has grown over the past two years, you know, I think by within another year, I should be at that 100 page views mark. So I think I was, we were kind of projecting just the money we were making off of ad revenue and it was kind of doubling year over year. And so if it continues to double year over year, I will be making a full-time income by year five. Do you have a plan to make it so? Uh, yeah, right now it's about I'm um, starting to to scale the business, which means investing money back into the business. Um, so hiring people to help out, help uh, hiring writers. I still develop my own recipes. I think it's important as a food blogger to 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 make sure I know how to cook keto. But hiring out different other job functions, whether it's writing or having somebody help me to um, optimize my articles for SEO, um, hiring somebody for Pinterest. And so there's just, there's other job functions that if I can hire those out, then I can focus on other things like creating more recipes. I can focus on getting YouTube videos recorded because that is in itself another revenue stream. And eventually I'm also planning on starting to create small cookbooks to go along for my website. So as far as I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you're going to grow your business, You've got to start hiring a team to help you. Is It is impossible in my book, maybe not for some super bloggers, but for myself, it will be impossible to grow to the level I want to without hiring help. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you said that. Now, um, regarding help, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about starting a blog of your own and, you, and you're dreaming of, of hiring a team and things like that, don't feel like you have to go in thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to spend all this money, you know, up front. One of the big things to, to think about is once you do start making money, that's when you can start thinking about help. And it doesn't mean you have to hire someone full time. One of my favorite bloggers, um, well, she started in blogging, but she's actually a money mindset coach is Denise Duffield Thomas. And one of the things that she says in her book, Get Rich Lucky Bitch, is that, yes, and it's really called that. Uh, one of the things she says in her book, Get Rich Lucky Bitch, is that when she first started hiring help, she only hired someone for five hours a week. Now, at 
at the current stage you're at as a blogger, yeah, five hours a week might seem like, whoa, that could be, you know, a hundred or two hundred dollars, depending on how much you're paying the person per hour. But it's not that you have to start today doing that. If you're just now starting out and you're, you, you paid your $12.99 for your domain and you, and you paid your hundred dollars for your managed WordPress hosting for, for a year, that's not to say that, okay, tomorrow you have to start paying $100 a week to someone to help you. It's more about saying this is something you're aspiring to that you're you're trying to work towards. One of the things that I did for GoDaddy is I wrote a business plan for bloggers. And I'll leave a link in the show notes um, for that. But basically what it is, is a one-page plan basically trying to get you to, to think about your blog as a business. If you're wanting to do this as something that you ever plan on making money at, you've got to start thinking about that from the beginning. And you know, don't feel like you have to just commit to one niche. I mean, I love the fact that Kathy was saying that her healthy ambitions, although she knew she wanted it to be keto, she didn't make it strictly keto. So if you're thinking about starting a blog, just play with it. You can buy any domain you want and just play with it and see what happens. Because who knows, you might go into it thinking you want to write about, I don't know, raising iguanas, and then decide you hate iguanas all of a sudden. So there's a lot to be said about playing and learning and not feeling like when you go into something, you have to commit full, full force. Well, Kathy, we've covered a lot. I mean, we've, we've, we talked about how to get started. We well, actually, no, that's something I would like to say. Let's go back. Let's circle back for a second. Let's say you have someone who's coming to you and they don't even have a blog. They don't even have an idea. They haven't written a single word. They haven't done anything. All they know is they want to start a blog. What's the very, very first step that they should take? Well, the first step is they need to know what they want to write about, or at least have a general idea. I'm a firm believer in investing in a blogging course, but if you don't even know what you want to write about or have an idea of what you want to write about, you may want to hold off on throwing down a few hundred dollars <laughs> until you are really ready to, to start and start producing and start putting together your website. One of the things that I'm going to add to that is um, we did say that you shouldn't start with a free website like WordPress.com or Blogger. And I even actually have talked about this in the past that whenever I started a blogger.com site, I did have it hacked and I was just starting to gain traction. I was finally starting to make money and I was actually making quite a bit of money with it. Um, and I started getting on the news. I was starting to get people knowing who I was and then the damn thing got hacked. And, um, but yeah, so, so. The website got hacked and when that happened, you know, these, it was, it was by spam bots. So I had no recourse. I had nothing I could do. I literally had to start from scratch. I fought like hell to get the domain back into my own, um, into my own property, uh, which also sucked. So that's also another thing is make sure you're purchasing the website from, you know, a legitimate source. But, um, you know, th- we're talking 2009 when this was all going down. So uh, there's a lot ha- that has changed and a lot that I've learned. So um, security is definitely a thing. But uh, but yeah, so I definitely agree with making sure that if you're going to do this as a business, make sure you're using a managed WordPress site. However, one thing I will say is if you are playing around with the idea of blogging, go ahead and get a blogger.com. That's totally fine. You don't even have to have a domain. Just play with it a little bit and see if you even like writing. You may find out that you absolutely absolutely hate it and there's nothing wrong with that. And here's the good news. Just because you don't like writing doesn't mean you have to be a writer to be a blogger. In fact, let's jam on that for a second. Um, I've, I've met several bloggers lately who actually don't like writing. 
they can't stand it, but they have a message and they want to serve people. And so what they're doing is things like they're podcasting or they're YouTubing or they're even TikToking. And then what they're doing is they're having their stuff transcribed to turn into blog content. What do you think about? No, I actually, I, I totally agree with that. And the funny thing is, I'm one of the bloggers that absolutely despises writing. Um, I, there's nothing about it I like. I love almost every other aspect of blogging. I enjoy designing the website. I enjoy networking with other people. I enjoy, for my, in my case, developing the recipes, meeting people in the community. And I, I even the, doing the videos, YouTube videos and TikTok, I enjoy all of that. I despise the writing aspect of it. Um, and, and in fact, for uh, quite a while, my husband was doing a lot of the writing for me because he enjoys writing and I despise it. And so that was that, that was working out pretty good. So, yeah, I love the idea, though, of almost basically doing the video and then having somebody transcribe for you. A lot of people can very easily get out their message talking about it, but they sit down in front of a computer on a, bl- and a blank screen and suddenly their brain just, they brain dump everything. Um, so even whether you're paying somebody to transcribe it or you do the video and kind of transcribe it yourself, um, for those of us that despise writing, that's actually an amazing idea. Another thing I'll add to that that a lot of people don't even realize is a resource is one of my favorite new things that I've been kind of becoming a little bit obsessed with, and it's known as PLR. Um, PLR stands for private label rights, and basically what it is is you can purchase a blog post or an article or even an ebook that has actually been written by somebody else, and they sell it to multiple people. We're talking 30 people, 100 people, sometimes as many as 500 or even 1,000 people. Now, what's cool about it is it gives you a starting point. So if you don't like writing, you can purchase a, 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 an article through this PLR stuff, and they have them for every niche. I've seen them for gyms. I've seen them for real estate agents. I've seen them for wedding vendors. I've seen all kinds of PLR. Then you take that piece and you add your story to it. You add your story and your keywords, but you have something that you can at least start with. So I'll leave a couple of ideas in the show notes about this um, because PLR is something that's just recently becoming been coming on my radar. And the more I learn about it, the more I'm fascinated. And I actually want to play with this myself because as a ghostwriter, I'm the type of person that I write a post, I get paid once, and then it's done. So I'm actually toying with the idea of launching my own PLR products in a specific niche, and I won't reveal what that is just yet, but I have been talking with a couple of people. Um, I was going to potentially partner with someone in the health and wellness space, but um, that actually fell through during the pandemic and everything. But there will be more coming out about that, and I do plan on interviewing some um, PLR writers. So if you're a PLR writer and you're interested in, in being interviewed on this podcast, please hit me up. Um, I'd love to chat with you, and I'll leave links in the show notes for all all of that. I'm at bloggyfriends.com. Well, um, well, Kathy, I just want to thank you so much for being here and, and talking to my bloggy friends. And I just want to know one thing. Will you be my bloggy friend? Absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much, Ashley. This has been so fun to come and hang out with you today. And make sure to go to bloggyfriends.com to get all of the show notes of this episode and many of the other episodes. Until next time, may your page views be high and your bounce rate be low. <laughs>